when you look at the culture and you see everything that's going on, like extreme, it's more extreme now than it was six years ago. Oh, yeah. Hey, friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Victor Marks Show. I'm your host, Victor Mark. Yes, you are. And I have a co-host with me today. Very special lady. Very special lady. My lady. <laughs> 35 years. Yes. We're celebrating this year. And I always will be. Yes. Yes. Uh, even in heaven? Well, we'll still be there together. We're not married in heaven, but... Can I... Can we hang you out? You can come visit. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, I'll come visit. Today... <laughs> I have Eileen in the studio because we have a super special guest. I've never even used that term. Have I, Kendall? Super special guest. You're getting the SSG. And we're <laughs> <laughs> no, this is really exciting this for us. This is very, yes. So, honey, why don't you introduce <laughs> our super special guest? So, so, I'm also very excited because there's a story behind our guest today, and it started back in 2017 when a very um, dedicated grandmother and her friend contacted us. This is right before our family went into Iraq. Kylie, I don't know if you know the background story of this, but um, Carol Bates, your grandmother's friend, contacted us and said, can you please pray for my friend's granddaughter? And she sent me several emails and you know what? We were so busy getting ready for Iraq, we never made a commitment. Are you, are you going to introduce her? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Kylie. This is Kylie. And Kylie is our special guest today. There you go. And I'm sorry. I'm just so excited. I because, know. Because I, how this transpired is it's only from God. So it's unreal. Welcome. <laughs> yes, welcome, Kylie. Yes, welcome, Kylie. So... Okay, now can I continue? Yes. Okay, so carry on. So, Kylie, you you have some fans of yours that were so concerned about you, and and Victor and I we had gone to Santa Barbara. We met your grandmother's friend. She contacted us, said, "Can you please pray for my grandmother's daughter? She is really struggling with demonic stuff." Anyways, we could not pray at that time, but the night before we actually took off to go to Iraq. We said, we'll pray. We'll pray. I don't know what you were thinking on your side, but God opened this door to pray for you because you were experiencing some crazy stuff and your parents had the faith to believe in it too. So this is why we're here today with you because it's unbelievable what God did in your life. Folks, you're going to hear this story and be blown away. God's going to be glorified. And we are just grateful that you have the courage to step up and really give testimony to what, what God did. So tell us, that night that we prayed for you, what were you feeling? What what brought you to that point of, you know, going, hey, I don't even know these people, but I need some type of whatever their weird prayer is, retooling or something? Uh, well, kind of a loaded question. <laughs> um, I, I know, I know know. the first, uh, around that time though, I was resisting a lot of, uh, the setups where, you know, whether it was coming from the church or any type of prayer over me, because every time that something like that happened, they would lash out. And so I started to shy away from mm. any of what, what, what are they? Uh, what, what, they. What, when you say they would lash the, out. The demons. Demons. Yeah. Demons. I always okay. refer to them as they. Okay. And you were a teenager at this time, right? Uh, you were a teenager. Not by the phone call. The phone call, I was uh, oh, 21. Not, okay. Yeah. I, it started when I was 16. Okay. okay. So by this point. Okay. The torment started when you yeah. were 16. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, so I was not excited at all <laughs> when they told me I was going to be of course doing not. this phone call. Um, I was just preparing myself for that night and, you know, all this stuff about a little update and how you guys were kind of, you know, trying to get on a plane and stuff. So I was just like, okay, well, it might not even happen tonight. And I was just thinking that it was going to be an introductory phone call. I didn't think anything was going to happen that night. So, uh, it was all kind of a shock. <laughs> and I remember when I got on the phone and Eileen was telling me, yeah. You know, he's welcome gonna, to our introductoriness. Yeah, he's gonna call all your demons out, and all we want you to say, it, you know, like we're just gonna have you repeat what they say. And I'm like, I'm gonna talk to them, and instantly my ears started ringing. <laughs> I didn't hear anything else, and right. uh, so yeah, it, it it was a lot of emotion uh, leading up to that phone call. <laughs> Well, and I'll tell you from our side, pay no attention to the producer who is <laughs> fixing stuff. Okay. Did I did I mess it up? Probably. All right, my ADD That's self. Victor. Thank you, Kendall. Um, so that night, I'll tell you, Eileen goes, hey, you need to pray for this girl. I said, you pray for her. <laughs> We're leaving for Iraq tomorrow. And a lot of times I feel significant assault or oppression from the demonic before I pray for somebody. Yeah. Like they're, they're saying, Oh no, you don't. And I mean, we, there was a lot of factors going into this. Our lady was telling her, wait a minute, this could be a setup. This could be something weird that throws us off. We're about to head out to Iraq with our family. Are you sure this is, I was so reluctant coming into that phone call to pray for you, demonic. And yes, folks, that's me. That's my spiritualness yeah. going, oh, my gosh, yeah, are you sure? <laughs> and then here's Eileen, the woman filled with faith. She goes, you get it. You will get it. And as soon as I got on the phone, I knew this was the Lord. Mm -hmm. So true. thank you for putting your thumb on my back. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, your grandmother was the persistent one, too. So... And God did not let this go. He did not let me not remember this because I do remember the first email. It's like, we, we can't do this. So God yeah. had a plan and he saw it through. Yeah. So Kylie, because nobody knows your story, tell us what happened. I mean, how did this even come about? You were raised in a Christian home. Your parents love the Lord. What happened? So uh, the, the biggest, that was kind of the biggest question about all of it was why. Um, and really to this day, mm -hmm. I don't really have a for sure 100% answer why it all happened. But I mean, uh, I was raised in the Christian household. So I, you know, was very devout and going to church i was going to church like three four times a week at the time it all started so everybody was wow. really confused about like things that i was possibly getting involved in maybe something i was wearing that was you know possessed or cursed or whatever and uh and mm -hmm. A lot of people started to, when things just didn't make sense, they started to kind of make their own judgments that I was secretly involved in all this stuff and um, became, began to shun me. And uh, that's ultimately kind of where I started to lean away from the church because it was just, it was like my whole childhood, I was told I can leave, you know, kind of lean on people, like people that I basically grew up with and, uh, you know, had fellowship with. And, you know, all of a sudden it was like everyone was turning their backs on me. And only the only people that really had my back at that point, aside from my family, but we were kind of at odds at the time. And, but I had this, uh, this atheist friend um, that, pretty much just said like, I, you know, you don't have to pretend, you know, I got you kind of thing. And so I just kind of started to deprioritize church and, and youth group and started, you know, kind of doing my own thing outside of it. And it kind of led me away. So, but I mean, like, 
Oh, this is interesting because, well, I, you know, there are people listening and watching right now going, wow. So she was raised in a Christian home, but yet uh, she had demonic activity so strong and so supernaturally crazy. Uh, we can't figure it out. So obviously it's got to be her fault. <laughs> There's something she's doing, and then it's like, oh, now here's an atheist. See, uh, it, and oftentimes that happens because people simply don't understand the realm of the demonic. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. People, a lot of times, demons will be assigned to kids. I mean, a lot. It's yeah. consistent in the work we do, and people go, "Why? What has this child done?" I go, "Doesn't have to be anything." I mean. Why do children get cancer and die? Why do, you know, there, there's there's a lot of unanswered questions in our world and our life. The key thing is that we turn to God, know that he can redeem it, and he has a plan. And uh, through very tough times and very, people would consider manifestations that were very scary uh, and unsettling, uh, it, and you went through some of them. Tell people a couple of things where you started going, this, this is evil. There's something going on that I, you know, help. I need help. Yeah, uh, it took a while because I went into a state of denial. And I, yeah. uh, I actually, I kept researching, how do you know you have a brain tumor for a long time? Wow. Um, and I was actually wow. really hoping that that was the answer instead of the latter. And um, mm. my dad wow. actually remembers when I brought up that question, like, you know, how do you know? <laughs> he was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that kind of raised a few flags for them, but they had no idea what was going on at the time. And I didn't really for sure know until things got a little bit more physical. Um, I kept kind of dismissing it because it wasn't something that I could physically feel or touch, but it was stuff that would happen around me. Um, you know, I would see like shadows. Such as? Yeah. Such as what? I would what? see like shadows at the corner of my eye. I would see things move around. Okay. Things would just disappear, you know, really weirdly and i'd find them in the weirdest places um you know like under my bed my keys would be under my bed for some reason or, or you know things would be in little tight niches like you know just something i was always looking for would just be in, you know found in the weirdest places and uh faucets would turn okay. on and off without it being um physically turned on uh lights would flicker you know stuff yeah. like that that just kind of you could kind of spin it in a way that kind of makes sense um even though it's just right. denial but um february right. when i was 16 i uh went on a youth group trip and we were going up to tule lake and um we were doing a little photo safari with you know where we, they kind of taught us how to use cameras and to do all these different kinds of photos and uh, after we'd spent the day, you know, taking all these pictures, we came back to our little cabin and I went to go get something from the room that I was staying in and it was waiting for me and it pushed me up against the wall and I dropped everything and just kind of bolted. And that's kind of when I knew this mm. gut-wrenching feeling where I just didn't feel safe anymore. I just was like, this is something else. So kind of where everything kind of took a turn. Well, it's, um, so right now there are people going, oh my gosh, <clears throat> listening to her, I've experienced some things like that as well. Eileen, it, it, it makes mm -hmm. me remember when we were at that camp. The cabin. The cabin. The lake cabin, yes. So I experienced something physical happen to me. We were at a cabin where the young man was doing drugs. This very, was the very demonized. Doing drugs and very his music and, and his movies, the selection was horrible. Yeah, so I have a little demonized. baby. I'm sleeping in a bed. I woke up to something sitting on my chest, and I couldn't say anything. Oh, my God. And 
I knew I I I knew that it was a demonic I, I kn- entity. I knew that, yeah. but I couldn't say anything. But I just lipped out the words Jesus, 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 and it left me. But that that's real. Yeah. I mean, I know people experience that, especially at night when you're vulnerable. You, you know, it just comes to you. So, I mean, for you to have that that. Did, did you still think maybe something was wrong with you or are you going, okay, now this is, I can't deny this anymore. This is outside of me. Uh, what it, were you thinking at that time? It was a little bit of both. Um, I still had this, you know, state of denial where I felt like maybe I did do something and I didn't know or realize it. And, uh, I I did start kind of digesting the fact that this is not something that is really within my control anymore. And uh, that's actually when I started to see uh, my youth group pastor, who also is somebody that I've known since I was just a little kid. And he became my church counselor. And uh, he counseled me for a few years during all of this. Um, and eventually, he, it was him that said, we need to go to your parents because things were starting to kind of pick up and become a little intense. And, uh, but yeah, I'd, I did feel a little responsible, like that there was something about me that was um, like, whenever I would hear uh, sermons about God's love and how you know that you're protected and that you're, you know, you're in... God's love, no matter what, I felt outside of that just because I would go to bed every night and Mm. just spend hours praying and crying because I was terrified. And I just felt like I was ignored and abandoned. And so eventually it did kind of take root where I just Mm. started to feel like if it was my fault, then, or maybe it's just my destiny that I'm outside of God's love. And this is me being destined for destruction. And I just kind of, it did kind of take root somewhere along the way. But, uh, yeah. What a, what a heavy thing for a teenager to try to process both the physical manifestations of demonic activity working against you. Yeah. But the constant battle of the mind, and um, you know, this has been, folks. This has been six years, I think, yeah. since we prayed for you, uh, and which blows me away. Yeah. And the fruit that's come from your life and what's happened is proof that God will and desires to deliver, set free yeah. captives, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and. Um, you know, although hope seems delayed at the time of your testing, it doesn't mean it won't come. Now, what ended up transpiring that really made us connect and go, okay, it was, it, there was one thing that I said, now, now I'm mad. Now the demons have ticked yeah. me off. What, what happened to you regarding your thigh? Regarding my what? I think you're, well, there was a few things, but what started happening that increased to where it was just unreal and undeniable? Uh, when the scratches and stuff started happening, um, it started out as kind of like cat scratches, really shallow, but they burned like, like nothing else I've ever felt before. And uh, it mm. never really reflected like the way it looked, it never really reflected how much pain I actually felt. So it was just like, but at that point, when it started happening, my parents didn't know. I was hiding a lot of things. And uh, I, I kept trying to run into my room. I was trying to conceal clothes. I started wearing more clothes, even in the summer. So my parents were just kind of like lifting an eye and you know, but I was a teenager. So a lot of the things they kind of like, it's a phase, they're just going through something different, you know. And uh, they never really asked too many questions about it. But I remember I started covering up my body more because things were starting to scratch me. And then I got a bite. 
And that's when my, my counselor said that. Where was the bite at? Right here. It was right around my elbow area. Okay. And uh, it looked like it had needle teeth. So, uh, yeah, mm. it was wow. definitely strange. It, I think my parents had a picture of that. Um, but we started calling the pastors and the elders of our church over to bless the home around that area or around that time. And that's when my parents found out. And so they just, they didn't really know what to think of it all. I think that part of it, I think I remember my dad telling me, he goes, I don't think that I believed you immediately, but I do remember thinking something was going on, but he just thought, you know, teenagers being teenagers. (laughs) So, Right. Yeah, I, it was a All lot right. to handle, but I think yeah, around the bite was when things really, really started to like, this is, this is unreal. This is, you know, uh, like living a nightmare. Was there a sense of discouragement when <clears throat> pastors or elders would come over and pray, but there wouldn't be any significant change? There would still be what I call harassment or tormenting. It's like, hey, wait a minute. You guys, ah, isn't this? And I remember we heard that from your parents' heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just like, oh, my gosh, we don't know. There's nothing else we can yeah. do. And, you know, they're just hurting for well, you, as you were, obviously, as well. Yeah. Uh, as far as, like, the um, whenever we would call people to come over to our house, it would just hide. Like there was nothing that would happen. And so I kind of felt a little crazy, like something big was supposed to happen at that moment when they were blessing everything. And, uh, but it wouldn't be until later that night. It would be around 3 a.m. every night. And then they would just really pick up the pace. They would start really lashing out. And so after a few blessings, when I started realizing there was a pattern every time I would seek out help in the church, it started to get me to shy away because it wasn't working. I just feel like it would just pick up and it would get worse. So, uh, yeah, as far as like, well, let me ask you, let let me ask you on that, on that part. Um, did any of them that came, cause I hear the word bless, like bless the house. And, but did any of them ever come and command the demon with authority to, to, to come front and center. Was there any of that type of authoritative prayer or was it just kind of blessing the house? No, it was more just Lord bless over this house. And, uh, that was actually one of the biggest differences that both me and my parents kind of realized that it was the way that you called out the demons. It almost felt like I was in a courtroom. Like it was, it was very, uh, authoritative like you were saying and so for me it was it was kind of insane because of all the sounds I was listening to as well as you know the phone call and everything that was happening in between it was just sensory overload (laughs) compared to the typical blessings that happened at the house beforehand it was more just a prayer anointment of oil and then they would go around and just say a prayer over each room and stuff and just like, please bless and, and lighten and, and uh, you know, mm. put your spirit into this, you know, kind of thing. And But it never, yeah, it never really did anything. Um, I don't want to say that it didn't do anything because maybe it did and I just didn't see it or something right. like that. But it didn't feel the same as when we had that phone call. It just felt like oh my gosh, things are happening right now. <laughs> so. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Wow. So after the phone call, after the prayer, mm-hmm. how did your life change? Well, before that, because there's, there's, one, there's one point that's so dramatic in your book that you share about you know, and I want people to hear this, be, uh, not for any type of sensationalism, but so that if there's anybody experiencing this radical of a manifestation, they won't feel alone, right? Because can you imagine if 
if you knew anybody that this had happened to and they said, yeah, that happened to me and the Lord set me free, that I, it would have given you hope. So that's what we want to do right now. But what happened to uh, a, a part of your body where is probably one of the most radical things that had happened? Uh, I imagine you're talking about the Hebrew that was carved into my, uh, well, it's a few places. Yeah, Bingo. there's a few places. Bingo. Um, it started on my chest. It was uh, right, like kind of on the the right side of my chest. There was a Hebrew carved in that said, you cannot save her. And I wow. didn't get that confirmed until a couple years after it happened. But my friend, my atheist friend that I was mentioning earlier, he actually put the post on Reddit and somebody had translated it because wow. they specialize in that in, as a job. And uh, then I got a confirmation from my pastor, Rick, that is one of the elders of my church. And he had a friend that was over, you know, basically studies Hebrew and he's also, you know, uh, Jewish. So he kind of understands it. And he said, yeah, it says Do, you cannot save her. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, something else as well, because I don't know Hebrew. <laughs> so I did not, uh, I couldn't read it immediately, but I, I just remember thinking like, oh my goodness, like this is, this is, uh, beyond my knowledge and to, to the fact where a lot of people still kind of, um, thought that it was still me. And I was like, well... I yeah. don't know how I would be able to do Hebrew on myself, <laughs> but, um, you know. Or even do it to yourself. Yeah. No, and then it happened on the back of my shoulder, and both are still visible. Um, but then there was a long one that uh, part, there was kind of two parts of it, and the first part was put on at one point, and then, like, several months up to a year later, it recarved, but it had a second part to it. And I forget the translation. Um, my Nona stole my, my book, so I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, yeah. they all just kind of said something of, you know, uh, destined for destruction, you know, you cannot save, you know, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that was yeah. really overwhelming. I also remember, um, I don't think this is in the book, but um, I remember going up to my counselor and I was waking up saying this phrase over and over and over and over again. And I, I can't quite remember. I just remember the last two words still is Christy Nomen. And I kept saying this phrase over and over again, and I'd wake up saying this phrase. And when I said it to my counselor, he like took a couple weeks and got back to me and he said, you're actually casting out in Latin. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and that was definitely wow. another surreal, like what is happening right now? And it was really a lot to, to digest. And um, yeah, a lot of different languages going on that I'm like, I, I don't know the first thing about any of this. So I just trusted their knowledge. I mean, this is amazing. It, it is. It is so amazing. And, and I know another thing your, your grandmother told us is you would be, is this, is this right? You would be thrown down a set of stairs. Yes. Things like that would happen to yeah, you? Yeah, this was uh, a little later. Wow. Um, my fiancé now, this is when we were first starting to date, and they hated him right from the, the get-go. Um, yeah. So at the time, he was working. They Is it they, they meaning? The demons. They meaning the demons yeah. hated yeah. him? Okay. So uh, okay. at the time, he was working a split shift, so he would work four hours in the morning, and then he would work four hours in the evening. And then during the time I was doing homework at his house and um, there was a set of stairs where uh, they would go up a flight and then it would have a corner and then three more steps that would go the other way. Um, I was laying on his bed doing my homework and su suddenly something grabbed my ankle and everything just became a blur. I just got 
thrown. I remember my head getting hit and I was lights out. But he found me on the stairs and I was unconscious. And he made me come to and he put me back on the bed and everything. And uh, yeah, he found my phone down on the on the the bottom of the stairs which is why he was just like what is happening and he looked up and my whole body is just kind of dangling from the the top of the stairs and uh yeah it was definitely one of those significant moments where he was just like what what was going on right now but it never scared him off now the the well see that's interesting that's Mm -hmm. true love because there's a lot of males that would not have stuck in there, right? They would have said, "Uh, oh, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to online dating, yeah. <laughs> non-demonically harassed woman, yeah. please." <laughs> uh, but, but yet, stuff. Wow. I mean, that, that's where the scripture is is true that two are better than one, mm-hmm. and a threefold cord is not easily broken. We. We are so excited that you're getting married. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And uh, because, you know, when people go through hard times, well, one, I'm sure you had those moments where you thought, I'm never going to be free from this or I'm going to die. <clears throat> yeah. And, and just despair and hopelessness hits. Yeah. Mm. But now looking back, what would you tell someone who's struggling, a teenager with thoughts or an adult who's experiencing bizarre things, what what would you tell them? Uh, I think <coughs> if I were to look back and, you know, see myself and be able to give myself advice or anybody else that was going through the same situation is uh, to seek out Jesus because my biggest regret at this point is letting him go. And I know it was all for his perfect plan, but there's so many times where I look back at all of the terrible, terrible choices that I made trying to find a desperate attempt of getting rid of everything. And I should have made things so much worse or I wouldn't even be here. And that would definitely be the first thing that I would say and just hold on for dear life because even though it's not happening at your time which is why I let him go is because he wasn't operating fast enough for me and I felt like I was abandoned at that point Mm -hmm. but something I've definitely learned over my time being back in my faith is just because you don't see results immediately doesn't mean he's not listening and that that was really profound for me Um, because after trying to pray every night for hours before bed and still being terrified to go to sleep for years, it was, uh, it was kind of a big deal when somebody had actually told me that during a sermon. And I was just like, that is exactly what I needed to hear if I was in that situation still is just, he can hear you still. Just it's not on your time, and that's the hardest mm. part. Boy, that's so there, good. And there yes. are so many people listening going, I'm not going through a demonic struggle, but I'm going through a struggle in life. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's health. Yeah. Maybe it's singleness. Maybe it's a bad marriage, right? Fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and they're listening to the lie of the enemy saying, he's not here. He doesn't love you. You're all yeah. alone. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, don't listen. Yeah. It's not the truth. And, uh, well, uh, so what would you tell people regarding that need to be prayed for the way that we did pray for you? <clears throat> what would you, what would you tell them? Uh, I know it's scary, but it's worth it in the end. And, uh, I kind of wish that I sought you guys out uh, earlier, <laughs> but obviously yeah. there was a reason for why everything happened the way it did. And, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful that I have so many people that were in my corner, regardless of how many times I've pushed them away. And uh, I, 
I know that the hardest part is getting over the paralyzing fear of something that you can't touch or fight or whatever in front of you. And, you know, it likely will fight back even harder when you're trying to get rid of it. And the, the only way that you can is through God. And I think that was probably the biggest thing that drove me away from it is because I was just, I was terrified. And just if you can stand up against that fear, yeah. it gets so much better. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, so my original question was, after Victor prayed for you, how did your life change? Immensely. Uh, it was actually right after Victor gave me some time to um, repent with God. I, my dad was holding my hand and I was trembling through the entire phone call. It was just locked and my whole body was trembling and so he was holding my hand and right after that was all done I relaxed completely and my dad just kind of looked at me and was just like oh my gosh you know and uh there was just I remember feeling this huge weight just lifted off immediately and I felt like I could breathe again and uh you know the room felt lighter and it you know it looked lighter everything just had different you know a different look to it i didn't quite experience the 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 detailed bliss until the next day but i just remember being so ecstatic that i was like oh my gosh (laughs) this is happening right now and I was so afraid that this was a dream that I was I was actually supposed to be up at four o'clock to go up to Salem for a oh, wow. for a test that I was doing for my licensure, and I remember thinking like I'm yeah. I can't sleep like <laughs> there's no way I'm gonna be able to sleep, mm-hmm. and uh, I yeah I was just I was on cloud nine there it was it was almost like a dream I remember going into my room where all these memories had happened and you know looking in all the corners that they used to hang out in and you know all the places where I got scratched and you know all those things and I just remember seeing so much light in my room that I was like it was the first time that I didn't have to like look over my shoulder or have this tension or anything that I yeah I was ecstatic like my my parents and I did a little dance out in the parking lot or out in their little driveway we were checking on our little piglet oh my goodness. <laughs> so love it love but it yeah uh you were checking on the piglets yeah my at the time we were um breeding pigs <laughs> so we had a sow that a whole i hope we didn't send any of them into the pigs i think we sent them right to christ <laughs> poor little piglets gone Hey, hey, what did we do? Hey, stop being so New Testament. <laughs> I never uh, thought of that. You know what? <laughs> uh, thank you, Lord, for saving the piglets yeah, that right? night, too. <laughs> I think everyone was okay. Well, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it's, um, you know, you you see in the six years we've prayed for you, fruit that lasts, changes that have happened, growth and freedom. Um, you still have to deal with your own flesh. You still have to deal with darts from the enemy. Uh, like everybody else, it's, it's normal life and living the discipleship. Um, but when you look at the culture and you see everything that's going on, like extreme, it's more extreme now than it was six years ago. Oh yeah. With men walking around on, nude in front of children in gay parades or the, the the there seems to be this attack on children and i want people to understand this has always been the highest party of the yeah. devil uh, that's why pharaoh killed all those baby boys there, there's always been this focus on kids do you think a lot of teenagers and young adults that are struggling with their identity or sexuality 
you know, just need to be set free from demonic assignments against them? Do you think that's real? I do believe that's real. I feel like there's probably a lot to be said that's um, subtle in our culture, um, such as mental illness or yeah. or just complete yep. demonic mindset where, you know, they're doing anything to be able to warp things and making it seem like it's a good thing. And, uh, and they right. convince you really well of it. I just remember thinking like, I've oh, always yeah. struggled oh, with yeah. like my identity, not, not so much in, in a sense of like, I always knew I was a girl, but I mean, I struggled with seeing self-worth and I feel like a lot of people, they'll look at anything in order yes. to feel like they're worthy even if it's just to win over the public, you know, and you'll yeah. get praised oh, for, for that. Sure. So I can, I can see how there might be some demonic influence and in all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last question. One of the last questions. Well, can I, can I just say one thing that impacted me to this day is I think it was two days after when we got into Iraq your dad sent me photos oh, yeah. of two images that you drew. Oh, yeah. It blew me away. To this day. <laughs> they were the most beautiful. You hand drew them. Yeah. One was a picture of Jesus's hand with a hole in his hand, wrist. Yeah. I mean, Kylie, I was so blown away. <laughs> By, by the detail. I mean, you are such a gifted oh, artist. And the other one was a woman who is on the ground reaching for Jesus's robe. Yeah. Yeah. I Actually, Kylie, I would, t I would show those people. I would show people oh, that I would everywhere. tell about your story. I everywhere. said, these are the images that she wrote. So did you draw those right after you got prayed for? Or is that something you had done no, before? No, I was doing all that before. I was doing that as an... Uh, wow. Okay as a favor because I've always really liked to draw, but I really never went anywhere with it. And so I would do these little gifts wow. for my family members. And so my, my Nona got the one with the woman trying to touch Jesus robe and I gave it to her for her birthday yes. or I think for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and then I, I drew for my mom's birthday, the other one with uh, Jesus's hand, uh, you know, holding and pulling someone else oh up. Oh, my goodness. And my mom, to this day, she's like, Ugh. it was because it was right before. It was that year um, that, you know, because my mom's birthday is in April. So it was like the next month when we did Aww. the phone call that my mom was like, this was you. You were drawing yourself, getting pulled up by God. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was actually Oh, really my good. goodness. That's powerful. Very, yeah. And... Ever since then, yeah, I've I've kind of looked at my my um, sense of art uh, a little differently. That you know, it can kind of touch people in a different way. But I've never really done anything with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, it does, and I know that some of those images were made into like cards. Yeah, my Nona did. And yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yes. So I just, you do have a gift. God has gifted you. It's so beautiful and it's so encouraging. Yeah. And, and folks, uh, when you contact us, we'll give you information on how you can get our book. Yes. And, and actually uh, some of these printings, yes. uh, uh, the, the gift of really it was a prophetic drawing of <laughs> what was transpiring in the spiritual realm. That oftentimes we don't know. I, I, I love the way God unravels knots, yeah. you know, or as I tell people about my life, I go, God can unscramble eggs. That's all I can say. I don't, I don't know how he does it, but he does. And, um, so, Hey, when do you have y'all set a wedding date? We have it's September 8th. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Wow. And and uh, have y'all planned a honeymoon yet? We have we're going to Maui. You... <laughs> nice, yeah. nice, good choice. Yeah, we 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 have we have friends there. Yeah, and uh, gosh, very exciting. Yeah, uh, people will be praying for y'all. So we'll have people praying 
for you to, mm-hmm. uh, there are thousands that are going to watch and listen to this that are going to be moved. There will be many that actually reach out to the ministry to be prayed for as a result. Mm-hmm. And you're going to give so many folks hope through, uh, through your book. And what is the name of the book? Uh, Rescued and Redeemed. And uh, I was also Rescued and told Redeemed. by my Nona to thank you so much for the foreword that you wrote for the book as well. We were very honored and appreciative. Oh, honored. The honor was all ours to see God move in such a powerful way. So we ask our guest, first-time guest, two questions. Okay. Two <laughs> questions. Two. Uh, the first one is, what is your perception of us as a couple or ministry? Like, you know, I mean, you've been impacted, but people who don't know us, like right now we're, we're gaining a thousand new followers every day on social yeah. media. A thousand. <laughs> we our mind our mind's being blown away. Uh, and I tell my wife, I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> uh, you know. And she goes, Yeah, whatever. Right. Um, uh, that's the that's the right response. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, but but you know, we, we the, the we, we, you know, people often live by perception, but what would you, what is your perception or, or knowledge of us? How would you explain it to people? I think that you guys are a very powerful couple duo because you guys are not only very real and relative, but you're so empowering and inspiring. Like I always, you know, that's one of the reasons why I kind of accepted my Nona's help with, you know, doing this phone call with you guys is because hearing kind of your story a little bit of, um, you know, that you kind of, you kind of got it, you know, a little bit, you kind of understood people on a different level than, you know, most others would, you know, as much as they want to understand and come alongside and be like, you know what, I get it, but they, they just don't it's kind of hard to reach those people. Right. So I think that, you know, just the, the power that you two have where you can reinforce each other, but also reach a different kind of dynamic of people that are just struggling is really important and amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And, and uh, we certainly have our own experiences with the demonic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'll share more later. But yeah, where it it changed some of my theology, yeah. mm-hmm. going I didn't know this could happen to Christians, yeah. mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yep, sure yeah. can." Yeah. Um, well, and then we still always believe, and we put out a disclaimer: we don't believe Christians can be possessed. Mm-hmm. It's not a possession; right. it's an oppressive assignment. Mm-hmm. And believe me, the devil can do his bidding through the oppression just as much as mm-hmm. someone being demonized. Oh, but last question, last question, we're all going to die. You know, <clears throat> we're caretakers with her brother for Eileen's parents and her mom's 89. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, yeah, and they live out here. And I mean, we were just in the ER yesterday yeah. for, I don't know, eight hours or something. Uh, oh no no she's so such a tenacious oh my gosh it's It's, yeah she is don't feel sorry for this woman she's tough he's Uh, he's getting prepared (laughs) i know i'm like wow and she's fallen like you know a thousand times or something i'm like you can't you can't kill this woman she's indestructible and the and the deal is and we laughed driving home. We're not laughing because she's not suffering. Trust no, me. But, uh, she's pleasant. Yes. She's, <laughs> she's happily hallucinating. Yeah. Which I mean, is like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's actually really, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. She's like, yeah. oh, look at the little babies in the clouds. The yeah. clouds are looking like babies. It's all good. Yeah. Beautiful day. Uh, which uh, I'll tell you, it, it is, it is a testimony to y'all's. I think y'all have Spartan blood in y'all, mm. these women warriors. But uh, yeah, G- God has us all. He has the He has our days numbered, yes. and and uh, we 
we're we're so honored to be able to spend these final days with them. I mean, it's yes. an honor. And we talk about heaven often and you know, it's uh I'll just tell you one funny little story. I felt like the Lord told me to go in and pray for her when she was in the hospital. Okay. Well, okay, there was a little delay. You know, my spiritualness it took me a few days. Well, when we got there, the staff and everybody said, hey, failure to thrive. She's dying. You need to contact your family. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, I came here with oil to pray for healing. And we walked in. It, it, she was near the death rattle. It, it was a shocking it was sight shocking. to see. No, non-responsive, yeah. eyes glassed over, mouth dry, everything. Yeah. What death looks like when, for some people. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I, I, she's Catholic, Girl. and she, she gave her life to the Lord about a year ago. So I said, Mom, I, I, I'll give you last rites because I know you wanted that from a priest. So I put a little sign of a cross on her head and said, you're absolved of your sin because of what Jesus did on the cross. You were a good mom. I mean, I went through this whole thing. And, and then at the end, I'm like, oh, and Jesus heal you if it's your will, you know, whatever. We left. She calls the family. Hey, y'all need to get her. We come in the next day. She's sitting up, eating, watching TV, and she goes, "Hey, how y'all? What's going on? Good to see you." I was like, "He." I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're you're alive!" I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is." I'm like, "I." And then I tell her, "I go, hey, did you hear everything I said? Because you were kind of unconscious." She goes, oh I heard everything, Victor. We'll talk about it later. I was like, hey. yeah. <laughs> you know what? She wasn't ready. Yeah, she, <laughs> she was just dead. not ready. Uh, but but God did touch her. Un yeah. Unreal. Wow. And, and now, how many months has it been? It's it's been five months. So the scene that I see in that in the hospital room is, did you ever watch Nacho Libre? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I know this is so funny. So he puts the quarters on the guy, right? <laughs> and the guy pulls it off. This is what I'm picturing is Victor's praying for my mom. Oh, yeah. This is like, okay, Victor. I, I, you, I was, you watch too much Nacho Libre. I was doing priestly duties. <laughs> I know I know the buttload about the gospel. You it know, so, it's people don't think I do. It, it was. It was it something. Was, it was funny. And I, was, I actually was scared. I was like, thought she was going to. You know, what up with that? So I do I do take full responsibility for not going in earlier, Mom, if you're watching this. I should have gone in a couple of days earlier. Probably would have kept you from, you know. I don't think so. I think it's perfect. Okay. I think story. it was perfect. Um, so back to the point. It, it is such a funny thing. So what is the last question? Last question is we're all going to die in God's plan and timing unless the rapture comes, and I'm all for that. But uh, we keep waiting, uh, and it could. We're hoping for it. But when it's time to go to heaven, we go to heaven. Mm -hmm. What happens to you when you close your eyes for the last time at 109, you know, and uh, what happens to you, and why do you actually believe that? Like going to heaven? Yeah. So... If that's what you believe. Yeah, I, well, I don't know if I'll live to 109 because it sure looks like he's going to be coming back way before then. But, uh, yeah. we'd agree. <laughs> we will agree. I, I do believe that I am, um, assured in heaven, which is a very different outlook that I've had for, you know, the last six years, which is a relief. Mm. Um, and wow. after having a little taste of hell, I am holding on to that little piece of reassurance that I'm going mm -hmm. to be going to an amazing place. And the best way that I can picture it is actually the, the mentioning um, the car ride up to take my licensure test. I forgot my social security card and I couldn't get I couldn't do a copy or anything so I drove like four hours for nothing so I had to go back and oh, after painful. you know waking up at 4 a.m to go up that way I was you know like a lot of people like usually I'm really overreactive I get like oh you know 
And I remember calling my mom and I was like, oh, I can't take my licensure. I forgot my social security. And I'm like, oh, well. And she's just like, what? Like, <laughs> and I had the best drive of my life. And I remember wow. seeing the sun come up. And there was all these vibrant colors that I just didn't realize I was living in such a monotone world for so long. And I played some music yeah. and everything just rang so clear. And I already have like such a profound love for music that it was amazing when I would turn on songs that I've played a million times before and they would move me. Like I was just crying and you know, all this stuff. And uh, it was just like that feeling, I think is just a taste of what heaven is going to be like. You know, the things that we appreciate in this wow. world is gonna be immensely better. And you know, for people that are kind of like, for me, you know, I kind of get uh, a little bit of lip from my dad because you know, that. There's a part of me that's like, I just started living my life, you know, like, don't come back too soon. <laughs> and, uh, right. you know, he, he gives sure. me some, some lip because I, you know, I'm like, yeah, but uh, I do kind of want to hang on to the little stuff in this world a little longer. But I know that once I get there, I'm not going to miss anything about this world. So it's just kind of like, yeah. you know, yeah. you can't really you can't comprehend just how amazing it's going to be and it'll make you forget anything else that has happened. Wow. It, that's incredible. I mean, that's such profound and beautifully said, Kylie. It is. Truly. It is. Wow. Uh, it, 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 thank you for that. Thank you. And I know again, there's so many people listening and watching that are blown away. Yeah. Well, Hey, we we want to offer you and Luke, <laughs> after y'all are married, to swing by the training center here in Colorado Springs. <laughs> mm -hmm. We actually have a little VIP chalet on the back part of the property that you guys can stay a couple of days with us, and we'll hang out. We'll do some shooting. We'll do some blade work. We'll do some jujitsu, <laughs> uh, or we'll just eat and drink coffee and. Y'all can go up the mountains and uh, take our vehicle and go have fun. Oh so y'all are invited, and we'll pay for everything. We'll pay for your oh. flight here, lodging, everything, and it'll be our gift to y'all for oh, your wedding. Oh, you are so amazing. Thank you. I'm actually really excited to meet you guys in person. I was hoping you guys could well, make the wedding, but you're... I know you guys are super busy. <laughs> oh. Well, let let we'll check out the dates and see if we're not in Iraq or Kosovo yeah. or chasing bad guys. <laughs> but uh, we thank God for oh, you. Thank we you. love you. Oh, right back at you. Yeah, you hold a special <laughs> place in our heart. Yeah, mm. and your family. And yes. we so look forward to to meeting your future yeah. hubby. Mm -hmm. And folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, r remember her. Remember Luke, pray for them, and we know God's going to use them in a great way. If you're interested in get a copy of her book, just reach out to us and let us know. We'll make sure you get one. And uh, as, as always, if you feel led to support the ministry, well, thank you. We appreciate that. The ministry work that we do, we never charge for it. Did we charge to pray for you? Oh, what was that? Did we charge... Did we charge you to pray for you? <laughs> I remember there being a coupon from God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we I always tell people we charge per demon, but we may have a coupon yes. ready for you. You had the go you had the gold coupon. Yeah, yeah folks, I, this is the point. We 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 minister free, freely because freely we've been given, mm -hmm. and freely we give. So if God puts it on your heart to support us, the ministry's not broke. We're not, we're not dying and destitute. God always blesses, but oftentimes I just forget to give people an opportunity to, because some people just want to support, and we appreciate it. You can go to victormarks.com and uh, see what we're doing, what we're up to. You can get on our weekly newsletter. Follow us on social media, but we'll put you 
Uh, we'll get a book in your hand if you want to hear more of our story and be encouraged. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the prayer. So thank you for being on the program today. Again, me. much love to you and your family. Oh, and folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Full throttle <laughs> while we can uh, occupy while we're here <laughs> to be a light and salt and hurt the devil's feelings every yes. day. <laughs> in Jesus' name, <laughs> amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time. Thank you.